you remember the the show Lost? Of course you do, yeah. because we used to watch it together. I'm but, obsessed with Lost. Yeah, so you remember when they like first hit the the deserted island? And everybody is like taking inventory of what they have and emptying their pockets and making like a pile of all the stuff that they have to figure out how to survive. It's very much like that, you know. Like as a team, we all have these skills and interests and different things that are hidden tucked away in our pockets that we don't use day to day and it's like how do we be resourceful and be like oh there's a that that belt is a tourniquet you know like we need that over here you know like we um you know our our people operations coordinators helping on social media and our office manager is helping on customers uh support tickets and you know like you figure out where to plug holes and reallocate uh, your resources because the the needs of the company temporarily change. Hey, what's up? And welcome back to Process Makes Perfect. It's been a bit since season one. Uh, this is Jonathan Ronzio, Chris's brother. You don't hear me on the, the podcast prior to this, but uh, Chris, what is this? What are we doing? This is a impromptu discussion that we're having about how our company and the world is dealing with this coronavirus pandemic. So I know there's been a lot of questions that I've been getting on LinkedIn that employees have been talking to us about that our other entrepreneur friends are discussing in private groups. And we wanted to just sort of have a conversation pretty candidly about what we're doing, how we're communicating, what we're thinking about and how people can be prepared to weather the storm. So if uh, if any of that is relevant to you right now, please stay tuned. It's a great conversation around um, the the forced transition to remote work, the global pause slash slowdown of of uh, you know what's going on in the economy right now, and how to think about you know that for your team and your business um, with plenty of metaphors mixed in as always because it's a Ronzio bro conversation and we like metaphors. <laughs> Can this business thrive without the owner? You gotta start putting systems and processes in place. If you don't use the systems, the business will break. We're always looking to buy back our time. You cannot say something once and expect that it actually is received. This is the way we work. A big motivation in that for me is creating a job for myself that I really enjoy. This is how you discover your vision. And this is Process Makes Perfect. All right, Jonathan. So we were just talking about the current state of the company and decided to just roll while we were talking because I think a lot of the issues we're facing as a company, other businesses are facing as well. So this is everything from, you know, what this being thrown into remote work has done for culture, for our business. It's how do we reorganize people's roles and what they're doing when they can't do some of their normal responsibilities. Um, It's how does this affect our projections, our hiring plan, the purchase decisions we're making. So we were just chatting about all of this and we decided to kind of just roll. So welcome to- A lot of of uncertainty. (laughs) Yeah. So maybe let's just start with a quick frame of reference of when we're recording this and what's going on in the world. Sure. Uh, so it's uh, it's Friday, March 20th right now. It's been the, the first week that most of the United States has been, um, it, I'd say, self-quarantined at home. It hasn't been like a national mandate, but everybody's just kind of been inside. I think you've seen probably some drone videos at, at some of the big cities that show it looks like it's the the apocalypse. It's like downtown Boston right now. It looks like uh, I am legend. There's like one person walking around. 
It's insane. Um, but it's, you know, it, on, on one hand, it's like, it's, it's scary what's going on. Um, on another, it's kind of inspiring to see how dramatically the, the world changed its behavior and, um, and made the sacrifices for the, you know, the potential protection of two to 3% or maybe less of the population that are, you know, if you look at like the, the fatality rate of this, um, coronavirus that's spreading around. And it's like for not to say two to 3% is a small percentage. That'd be like a massive impact, but for everybody to, to change their working and, and personal lives so much, um, for that is, is pretty cool. So I guess you always got to like look on the bright side and, and see the silver lining, but it's been certainly an interesting week. It was my birthday this week. It was the first, uh, you know, we canceled, canceled my party and, um, and my wife and I just had a nice little dinner at home and watched Netflix. And, um, I, I you know, again, trying to focus on the optimistic side, it's been the first time in like over two years that I've just like canceled all travel on my books and haven't like had anywhere to go and have just been inside and, and kind of, this forced pause. It's like a forced slowdown. And I'm actually reading this book in praise of slowness right now in, in tandem with that to kind of just like get in the mindset of challenging that cult of speed that we've all been so addicted to. Yeah. And so last night, I think, or, or sometime yesterday, California made the the mandate that 40 million people stay at home with like fines mm. if they, if they're outside. So, I mean, that was that's a big move. And you don't know if that's going to spread to other states and they'll follow suit. But I think one of the interesting things is that as a country, the U.S. has been able to watch how other countries have reacted to this, you know, 10 days or 14 days ago, where our numbers on the graph are kind of where other countries were a week or two ago. Hopefully that's made us react quicker and learn from their lessons. So um, so I'd like to see this. Hopefully taper off soon but we'll see yeah so i mean for for me for instance i you know most of the the train team is out in scottsdale arizona where you are and uh and i was there when we launched this thing but i've since con gone back to boston and so i i generally travel there about a week of every month but 75 percent of my time throughout the year is generally like this it's remote and so i am I've, I've been uh, more comfortable working remote, uh, being a, a remote leader, being the, the one person on a screen with the other five to 25 people on the other side and uh, and having to deal with those social dynamics and still be able to to like, you know, manage and get work done. Uh, I think that it's been an interesting shift for the rest of our team, including you to, to like go totally remote for the first time. Um, but me as the one who had been remote, it's a, it, it's kind of nice to, to like not be the one to many on the video screen and actually see like all the different tiles of all the people uh, it, all in their spaces. It, it makes communication for me a little easier. Um, but that's that's a unique thing to point out in, the, in that like companies that have that kind of hybrid dispersed team situation where some are remote and some are in an office like there is a, a social dynamic challenge that that presents. Yeah, the first time we did our all hands meeting and we had, you know, 30 faces on a screen and we're looking at everyone, it, I left that meeting feeling like I gave each individual more attention than I would otherwise if we were just in a cluster in a room. Because I felt like when I'm in a room presenting, it's more that one to many like you feel yeah. when you're when you're looking at uh, one video screen on the other side. But when you see 29 other faces, it 
it makes you look at everyone and see how every person is reacting. And so that part of it was cool. The downside, I think, is, you know, at least here in the office, I I tend to bounce around a lot throughout the day. Like I'll I'll sit in, I'd sit on the beanbag in this room and then I come over here and see what's going on. And then I go downstairs and, and sit on another meeting. And I like being a fly on the wall in a lot of those cases and drifting and listening and chiming in. And I can't do that right now. So I feel right now like I have to be much more intentional with scheduling meetings on my calendar and, and I'm sick of looking at the screen all day. <laughs> you, ju- you just need to like get a, a, a one page list of everybody's Zoom link and just randomly throughout the day, just start clicking <laughs> the links in. and just see, just see if there's meetings going on. It's like a chat roulette kind of thing. You just pop in and, and just say hello. Yeah, that's funny. Actually, so you mentioned Zoom. We, we started using that breakout room feature yesterday. We played with that with our leadership team. And I don't know if you knew this, but when I split the as the host of the meeting, when I split it into breakout rooms, it didn't put me in one of the rooms. And so I could choose to go into a room, leave the room, go into another room. And that was like the closest I've felt since since we've been quarantined to that experience. So that was kind of cool. But that that was cool. Um, So I I guess that's that's a good um, segue into like how we are still engaging the team. I think that there's some of the team members are thriving in the remote environment and everybody's feeling like they they can be head down and productive and not be pulled into random conversations or distractions, which do happen in the office and other members are craving, uh, more social interaction. So things like the, the book club meeting that we did last night, um, like what, what can other companies, uh, do to virtually foster, um, team engagement? And you can talk about the book club and, and kind of anything, you know, more related to the breakout stuff. Yeah, so we started doing a quarterly book that as a leadership team we were reading, and then we opened it up to the whole company, anyone that wants to join. So when we do our quarterly planning meetings, we dedicate an hour, the end at last hour, for everyone to join and talk about the book we all read. So we did that yesterday, and that was just a great chance to connect on a topic other than what we're working on, you know, because you do Zooms and meetings all the time on like the projects you're working on that day. It's nice to connect with someone over something outside of your day to day. And so whether it's, you know, a book or something that you're personally growing together or it's just more casual. I know we've done these little donut meetings, they're called. They pop up on Slack and pair you with someone different. And people are still doing those donut meetings just over Zoom. And they're sitting and eating lunch together or having a cup of coffee together. And I think that's really cool to to still hang out with someone. You know, I've seen people posting like uh, FaceTime happy hours and Instagram group video chats and people are are searching for ways to interact with each other when they're not face to face. So it just takes, I think, a little more intentionality. Yeah. I'd agree with that. So actually, one of the fun things that we we did in response to like us personally trying to figure out how to transition our company to remote is we were like looking at all these articles and and re, you know watching videos and figuring out like what's what are the essential uh, tools in our tech stack that allow us to operate uh, uh, seamlessly uh, remote. And then we pulled all that together and as our response to this to be helpful for our customers and just the broader market, we made this this remote work resources website. So just remote workresources.com and it's just everything that helped us uh transition and the tools that we think are the the best out there for like the essentials of of working your business so i i, I want to prompt you to to like 
for people that are thinking through, um, you know, not knowing how long this is going to last, not knowing like the, the, the uncertainty in the market, the economic potential downturn, um, lasting longer than we, we want it to. What are the things that are the essential ways a business can operate? Like if, if you have to be remote, what are those tools or, or tips? Well, it's crazy. I saw this, this, um, article and there was a documentary about, you know, the flu and how in the early 1900s there was this pandemic and they thought it'd come again and with a hundred years or is this like hundred year flu idea. And if you think about how work was a hundred years ago, or even like 15 or 20 years ago, I think the world would have been unprepared to continue working like it has. We're fortunate that SaaS companies have made it so easy to work remote and we were just able to flip the switch. I know not every business is like that. Like I know the there's certain government uh, you know, agencies and things that they just, they just can't flip the switch and log into everything remotely. Like there's security concerns. Um, we're, we're a little different in that all of our tools are already cloud-based. And so the, the ones that we rely the most heavily on first communication. So, you know, zoom and Skype and Slack, like these are tools to chat and to have video chats and standups and, you know, other people might use G chat or Google hangouts. Um, but you need some way to communicate with people and do that seamlessly. And I think more and more people have those tools already because, you know, you travel internationally, your data plan doesn't work, you've, your Wi-Fi connected, but your Slack still works or your WhatsApp still works or whatever. So, so that's, I think the most basic thing is to still be able to communicate. Obviously email, most people can access from anywhere. So that's, that's a, a good fallback. Uh, and then there's your task and project management. So the workload that's on your plate and being able to track that and know when other people are getting their work done, that's a pretty fundamental thing in business. So we use Asana. In the past, we've used uh, Teamwork, Basecamp, Trello, uh, all these different project management tools. So whatever your flavor of project management, that's really important. If you don't have the complexity of a lot of people collaborating on a project, you could probably get by with just a task management tool like uh, Todoist or, um, you know, one, one of those real simple task list tools. And that at least keeps you on track and you can share a list with someone or a couple people in your, your company and, and know who's doing what. So, so I think that's the second thing is the, the making sure the work's on track. And then everything else is kind of the departmental stuff, you know, like we have f our finance tools, you know, zero, or you might use QuickBooks, like all that's still operating. I can still pull all our financials. We're in the process of talking to banks and investors and, you know, that stuff doesn't require me sitting in the office with a server and a data room, you know, it's, it's all cloud-based. It's important to have access to that. There's your file management, you know, having Dropbox or uh, OneDrive or any of the Google Drive, any of these places where you store all your files. You know, I can't imagine if someone was relying on a, a shared physical hard drive in the office and didn't have some kind of cloud backup or cloud storage solution because then all of your files are just like locked up in the office, you know? So that's something that you should absolutely have in place. There's, you know, I look at our, our marketing tools. You can speak to this, like all the, all the tools we use for marketing. 
Yeah, I mean, it's like having the Adobe Creative Cloud suite to be able to still edit videos and designs and uh, and all the like, you know, sales enablement and customer content and um, and then the ads that we're putting out and, and just the ad platforms like you can you can still run all of your your Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn and Quora and Reddit and Google and all of that just totally, you know, remote. You can um you can manage all, all of your your organic you know search and your your social channels and and your blog and like it's the whole marketing stack is is fortunately that's been totally online for a very long time. Yeah, WordPress you can log in. You can still you know for for the, yeah. the website all the analytics tools that we have, and then there's the customers you know the customer tools like Intercom and Chat and people use Zendesk and you know those those are all online to keep the conversation with your customer going we use aircall which is like a virtual calling system that forwards phone numbers for our customers and sales uh, in, in to talk to our sales reps um, we've got people tools like our, our applicant tracking system because we're still getting a lot of applicants people are you know unfortunately being laid off and so we're seeing a lot of applications as more people are sitting at home looking for jobs right now um, we can continue that process there was something like 380,000 people filed for unemployment yesterday. Wow. That's I think crazy. I saw it's, it. Yeah, it's it's definitely um, a bad, bad situation for, for a lot of people in, in the security of their jobs. But um, regarding like the, the marketing side of things, too, though, one thing we had been talking about is like how, how to pivot our own message. Because like for so long, Trainual, I know, you know, we, we're not here to pitch Trainual in this podcast, but like at the same time, it is one of those tools that it allows us to ensure that our operational knowledge is, you know, well distributed and, and understood. And um, for, for two years, we've been like targeting uh, with this message around like, you know, you're growing, you're hiring, you're scaling fast. How do you ensure that people are are trained and onboarded and up to speed and productive quickly? And, and now given what's going on, we're like, well, what is, what, what is the current value prop for our customers? It's not that they're necessarily hiring a ton of people and needing to onboard really quickly. It's that they need to know that people know how to do things right from wherever they are. They need to know that people have access to the info that they need to do their jobs. And just you need to know what your employees know. Yeah, so the conversation has flipped a little. Like you said, it's not about hiring and scaling and opening locations. It's about freezing your hiring and trying to keep your people busy. And unfortunately, in some cases, having to do furloughs or layoffs and uh, you know, maybe outsourcing certain tasks that were done by someone in-house or getting a contractor up to speed because you still need the work done, but you can't afford to do it full time. Or, you know, the, the, there's this, there's a shift in the market. And so as a product, we had to anticipate this, which we did, but we also have to be ready to flip quickly. I remember two years ago, we were brainstorming on this, like, in a good market, what would happen in a bad market? How would we position the product? And so really it's, it's you know, in good times and in bad times, it's your, your business knowledge insurance almost, you know? It's, it's like the ways that you sustain yourself as a business by doing the things that make the business money. How do you make sure that that instruction manual is staying intact? especially if the people with that knowledge are in some cases leaving the company. 
how do you make sure that the company retains the secret recipes and that they don't go out the out the door? And so, you know, we've reorganized some things on our product roadmap to address this. We've shifted a little bit of our messaging, but I think anyone that's listening should think about how to do that in their own business too. You know, I had someone comment on a LinkedIn post I put out uh, that they had to close their rehab clinic and what should they do? And my first thought was, well, you know, people still need rehab during this time. It's not like that need goes away. It's just that you're not allowed to go to the rehab clinic. So, so how do you deliver rehab virtually? You know, is there a service where you can send people to to them like like Instacart delivers my groceries or can you do it virtually over video or can you put together lesson plans or or you know weekly call accountability sort of check-ins you know like how how do you virtualize that model and i think that that's something every, everyone has to face where is the pivot for the opportunity completely, right? Because it's like, maybe, you know, right now it seems dire that maybe that person had to shut the doors on on the rehab facility. But if they, if the audience, if the demand was is still there, if their customer base is there, if they they probably still had uh, you know appointments that were booked months out, like if they pivot smartly right now to like you're saying deliver some kind of virtual program then maybe that becomes the future model for the business and they don't have the operational overhead of of having a you know in-house place of having the the people staffed there and it becomes more of a, a digital rehab environment that is even more profitable assuming you can deliver what the people still need and and hit that same value yeah, I've I've seen some variation of this quote a few times, but it's something like you can't control the direction of the tides, but you can learn to surf. You know, and and it's like if you can if you can navigate whatever is happening, then you'll have long-term success in business and I think there is opportunity, you know, amidst all of this. It's just a matter of being proactive and figuring out, okay, like if all the it's not just my rehab clinic that closed, it's all of them. So what is that customer doing right now? Like, how do we still service that customer? If you're the, the one that figures it out the fastest, then you just won in that race. Um, you know, another thing we've talked about is, is our hiring plan changing with the exception of our product team. And I think this is an interesting thing to talk about because, you know, you can run lean and I want to actually get into this a bit, running lean, sharing responsibilities, like getting people yeah. um, creative. But but the point I want to make is like our product team is what is driving the, the vision of the business forward. And everything else kind of supports that vision and the success of our customers and finding new customers and all of that. But if we don't have a product, we don't have a business. And so in this market, I want to be doubling down on advancing the product because I see that as the thing other people will neglect. I think it's sort of like in a race when you're told to, you know, bite like pedal uphill, you know, don't do, or pedal downhill, you know, don't don't like coast when everyone else is coasting. Like that's when you that's when you want to get ahead. Um, I think it's the same thing with with pushing our products. So we're we're still hiring engineers and we're very committed to that. But in other areas, we've cut back. So why don't you talk about, you know, what, what we're doing to be cost conscious and um, and stay lean through this? 
For sure. So I, I think that comes down to understanding the people you have on your team uh, as as people and not just the employees that, you know, in the roles that you hired them for. I think something that we've we've always put a lot of emphasis on is developing, you know, somebody personally as well as professionally. And in doing that as leaders, as managers, you know, you want you understand what somebody's working on outside of work. You understand where they want to go in their own career. That might not be that they're at your company in five years and you're okay with that and you're helping them get there. And um and for, so, so for me, having that understanding of, let's just say on the marketing team of the skill sets and the, t- the talent that's on our bench more than just, okay, you, you're doing PR or more than just, you came in and you're a writer, uh, like understanding what people do beyond that allows you to, to tap them for more when you need them for more, as long as they're, uh, you know, able to rally behind the company's mission. And I think the more that you support them the more that they will support the company um it's it's kind of like a, a that flywheel effect there and um uh, for instance like you know our, i'll just i'll call it out our, P, our pr manager you know she she constantly is just like investing in herself personally outside of of work and is passionate about tons of different things and uh and as as part of a like review we got her access to master class to like learn learn how to cook and learn how to design and learn how to do all these things because she's a perpetual learner but knowing that meant that like when we needed something potentially designed that we got held up it was like it's so like she just jumped in and and was like, yeah, I, I, I can tackle that. I can do it. And so that's, I think, the under, understanding like where the different talents lie on your team allows you to operate leaner because you can you can, you know, allow people to multitask. And, and I think that keeps jobs interesting. They're they're like constantly working on different things. Their role and their vision for their growth at the company might evolve as they test out different areas of, of being, you know, resourceful and productive and adding to the, the vision and the growth. Um, and so that's, that's, I think like we, I, I'm totally cool. Not hiring anybody in marketing. We were going to add like another three to four people. And it's like, no, we, we can, we can get by on what we have you know, right now. You remember the, the show lost? Of course you do. Yeah. Because we used to watch it together. I'm but, obsessed with lost. Yeah. So you remember when they like first hit the, the deserted Island and everybody is like taking inventory of what they have and emptying their pockets and making like a pile of all the stuff that they have to figure out how to survive. It's very much like that, you know, like as a team, we all have these skills and interests and different things that are hidden and tucked away in our pockets that we don't use day to day. And it's like, how do we be resourceful and be like, Oh, there's a, that, that, belt is a tourniquet, you know, like we need that over here, you know, like we, um, you know, our, our people operations coordinators helping on social media and our office manager is helping on customers, uh, support tickets. And, you know, like you figure out where to plug holes and reallocate, uh, your resources because the, the needs of the company temporarily change. But that's not a natural state for so many companies and so many employees that the employees would be willing to do that. They're like, oh, this is outside of my scope of responsibilities. I'm not this is outside of like what I'm getting paid for. But that attitude is uh, is like they're bound to have that attitude if the company does not have a personal interest in them and personally interested in developing them. I think just the same way that in any kind of you know, economic uh, downturn or whatever the constraint or uncertainty is that's facing your business, your current customers are your greatest asset and you need to nurture them so that they don't leave you. And that's the same thing with your employees at all times. Like if you, if you nurture your employees along the way 
and you support them both personally and professionally, then they're going to be that much more bought into the mission long term and want to figure out how to turn their belt into a tourniquet because, you know, Jackie's bleeding on the side, right? Like whatever is going on, they're like people will figure it out. Who is Jackie? <laughs> I don't know. It's just, just coming up with a random name. All right. Well, Jackie, <laughs> apologies if you're watching this. He did not mean it. Um, all right. So, so we talked a little bit about, you know, our own people, people plan and how we're adjusting. Uh, we talked about the product and, and what we're doing there. I think another thing that's important is communication. So um, I, I woke up at like 2 a.m. a few nights ago and uh, mo- mostly because I was hungry, not because I was thinking about anything. I had like I had a really early dinner. <laughs> you're, but you're always up at 2 a.m. snacking. I, I, I know it's bad. But but when I'm <laughs> but when I'm, you know, pacing around the kitchen in the middle of the night, that's when I have some really good ideas. And so I. I had this thought that, you know, we had given people surface level information at the company. We had said, you know, at first we decided we were going to go all remote. Like, you know, it was like 10, 1030 at night, the night before we went all remote. We posted on Slack and we said for the next two days, for the rest of this week, let's go remote. We'll, we'll keep it as a test. We'll see how it goes. We'll watch the news. And then we decided from there to go totally remote the next week. But um, we've given people just like doses of little bits of information, but we haven't given people a broad, you know, here like state of the union. And, you know, it's timely that we're having this conversation now because it's a, it's Friday right now. And on Monday in our all hands meeting, I've got a presentation prepared to everyone based on our conversations this week to deliver the more broad message, because I want everyone to know like here's here's our state of health at the company. You know, like here's here's how we're doing financially, here's what the the next 12 to 24 months looks like, here's how we might be modifying our plans, here's what we're going to do with hiring, here's what we anticipate with the new office we're moving into and with our, you know, how long remote work is going to go for. Here's what we're expecting on the customer and sales side, like what's worst case scenario? Don't don't be concerned if you see this, this, and this happening. Here's the plans we're putting in place for the product. And, you know, that's that's something that, um, you know, I'm embarrassed it took a week to figure out that that's what I should do. And I would be having that message sooner to everyone if everybody wasn't already blocked out for various meetings this week, you know? Like, that's Monday is the first well, time we've got everyone together. I, I think... It- I mean, given the circumstances of, of how this evolved, it was hard to know this, the scope and seriousness of, of like, you know, what was happening. But yeah. I, but I do think that that's a, it's a good lesson. It's like, think, think about when you're on an airplane, right? Like there, there may be uncertainty, uh, in the market, but how do you eliminate uncertainty within your team? And, and to me, that feels like if you're, if you're flying and all of a sudden the, the plane starts bumping two to 20 feet up in the air and is like, you know, massive turbulence and there's no explanation and you're just starting to freak out. Like what, what is going on? Like, is how serious is this? Whereas like if 
uh, two minutes before that, the pilot like, you know, came on the radio and was like, Hey, we're, we're about to enter, you know, some turbulence. Like, don't worry about it. It's, it's, uh, you're going to feel some disturbance and, uh, and we've got it, we've got it covered for the next flight. We're going to pause in flight cabin service for the next five minutes, uh, potentially as long as 20 minutes, but we'll keep you posted. Just letting people know ahead yeah. of time. And, and like, maybe it is worse than you anticipate. And then you come on you're like, Hey, sorry, we're not going to have we're not going to be able to serve you drinks for the rest of the flight, but sit tight. We'll uh, we'll get you where you're going. Yeah, that's that such a great, so much. Yeah, great analogy. And I like our cousin Shannon's a pilot, and one of the things she told me about turbulence, which is so interesting, is she said turbulence is kind of like a speed bump where like if you're standing on the street and you see a car going over a speed bump you see that it doesn't affect the car like you're not afraid that the car is going to crash or like fall off the road or something like that you see it's just like a very little bump but when you're inside the car if you hit that speed bump going at a decent speed it feels like it totally jostles you and you were like like we're going down but it's not the case at all and I thought that was so interesting and, and it, it's relevant to the example you just shared because from the inside when you don't have the perspective you feel more worried than when you zoom out and you know the impact that this thing is actually having so anyway all of our airplane analogies to say that basically <laughs> communication is important yeah how, how do you tell your team that you are still going to land where you uh intended to Right. Yeah. How, do you, how do you get to where you're going with some bumps along the way? And communication is a key part of that. Totally. One time I landed in a different city. Has that ever happened to you? Like I, I got no. on a plane. <laughs> I got no. on a plane and because of weather, they rerouted the plane and we had to land in a different city. And then we stayed there for like an hour and then took off again and went back to the city I was supposed to go to. Oh, that's wild. Yeah, but again, they communicated it. It wasn't like a they surprise. Let you know. Yeah, you just like, touchdown. There aren't supposed to be mountains here. Um, <laughs> so uh, okay, so what else? Anything else we want to cover? I mean, we we talked about the team. I think through all of this, even if the the team is slimming down we can still grow the business without growing the team, and that's that's important to point out because I think when you're growing really quickly as we have been, we were trying to grow the team ahead of the growth because we wanted extra capacity so we never get too tight. But when you're in times like this where everyone's understanding, taking on a little bit more capacity, being a little bit more flexible, you do want to run a little leaner. And so whereas normally you might only want everybody at 85% capacity or something and you're ahead on your hiring pipeline right now you want everyone at 100 percent capacity or 110 percent capacity you know uh, i think that's a that's a, a different mindset but it's kind of like if we want to all get through this together and this to not affect anyone personally everybody is just pretty willing to roll up their sleeves and and help where needed yeah. And I, I think some industries and companies are certainly affected um, more drastically or more rapidly than others uh, in this situation. But I, I would also um, I would also caution against the the knee jerk reaction to like, oh, the way to get through this is to like lay off some of my team and to shave that overhead. Like maybe, but maybe not yet, because I, I mean, th think about the cost of turnover. I think it's like something in like the U.S. businesses 
uh, it, it costs businesses like a, a, over a trillion dollars annually just in turnover costs and and of like people leaving P- and then the hiring process to, to retrain and to onboard and and like the lost knowledge along the way and it's like your your core team that you have right now how can you maybe for a time just get a little more creative on how to sustain and support um, and not every business will have the luxury to do that but but I, I think that be mindful of the cost to letting people go as you think about the savings of letting people go. Yeah. And, you know, it's also like if you want the people to be there for you when business picks back up, you've got to be sensitive to how you treat them now. And I've seen, uh, you know, a lot of business owners I'm friends with that, um, you know, don't have the luxury of a bit uh, cash in the bank account that to sustain a few slow months. You know, they they're treating this carefully, but creatively. And some people are are saying, you know, are offering to the employees, does anyone want to go to part time and take, you know, a few a few days off unpaid? Does you know, does anyone uh, you know, like get, get a little creative first and see if you, you get any hands raised. Um, and then an, another company I know has said, you know, we're going to look at, at the impact of our sales. You know, like if our sales go down 20%, then we've got to bring payroll down 20% across the board because it's, you know, that way our, our cash flow stays, stays even like it should be. So I think, you know, you, you, the the most important thing you can do would be to put together a real simple spreadsheet on your cash flow, and look week by week how can you get creative. You know, like are there vendors that you can uh, get terms with and ask them if you can pay them. You know, two months from now, uh, do you have any credit available to you that you can use? Like the SBA here in the U.S has just put out a lot of disaster relief loans that you can get within two weeks. So, you know, could that be an option for you to to get a, a short-term loan? The federal government here is also looking at reimbursing uh, or doing, you know, tax credits to cover a couple weeks of payroll. And so I would, I'd suggest, you know, get on top of your own cash flow and be plugged in to the things that your local and federal governments might be doing to, to, to make this a, a little bit easier and then get creative with your employees, with your vendors, with, you know, any kind of suppliers that you have, because everyone is going through this and it's, it's really just, you know, how can we work through it together? Can we, can we barter, you know, can, can you agree to give someone free services in exchange for something that you need? And it works out well for both of you. Um, it, this is just right. a, this, a, this could be a really good time to open up some different channel opportunities with partners that you've been thinking like, oh, this is, that'd be a great trade uh, situation and like their customer base and our customer base works well together. And that's a a perfect opportunity for that right now. Yeah. All right. Well, as we close this out, uh, anything else that you want to share about just like preparing your, your business for an unpredictable downturn or whatever this is? Um. I mean, I would just think to think to yourself, how do you protect your customer base? How do you protect your employees? And how do you protect how you do what you do, right? Like the, the, the knowledge of like, you know, this will end, this will turn around and you don't want to lose sight of 
how you got to where you are. I, it makes me think of like, I, you know, my background is in just like extreme adventure and mountaineering and exploration. And it makes me think of when I would go out into like wild environments and, uh, and meet like ridiculous weather. And I always felt comfortable. Like to, to a lot of people, it might sound insane to me to, to be like in Iceland in the middle of like an 85 mile an hour, like a storm, like right out and uh, in like in the middle of nowhere, just you can't see a thing in any direction. And to me, I was like, okay in that, because I knew that like in the backpack, I had the, the like, you know, four season tent I needed and my negative 20 degree sleeping bag and my sleeping pad and my um, ability to, to melt, you know, I had my little, um, cooking stove so I could melt snow for water and I had my dehydrated meals and enough clothing and, and just like I had what I needed. And so that's like for everybody to think like, what are the essentials that you has in your backpack that you have what you need that like in my instance, I could just, if it got too bad, I could stop and stay exactly where I was. I could pitch that tent and I could get inside and just wait it out because like I was prepared to just sit and like reassess and not freak out. That's the, that's the biggest thing in, in those environments in the adventure world is like when you're faced with the, the extreme situation, like to not freak out and to just take a step back and, and like stay where you are for a moment and reassess mm. the terrain and reassess your plan and then, and then pack up again and move forward when possible. That's such a great parallel. We should get Bear Grylls on the podcast. Yeah, let's tell Becky the uh, that that would be so cool to to draw the the similarities between you know surviving in the in the wild and surviving through a, a downturn like this. But all right, well, I echo everything that you said about the business. Uh, if we can help people in any way, it's funny we have had a lot of people writing in and saying, you know, now that everybody's sitting at home, I feel like this is I finally have time to to get organized. You know, the, I'm being forced to slow down, and so this is something I've been wanting to do. So if we can help anybody that's listening in any way, we'd love to help you get started, um, even if that means, uh, you know, giving giving a, the software to you uh, at no cost at the beginning just to get you set up. So email our team, uh, reach out to us. Uh, we're here to help you through this. And hopefully some of the things we talked about are helpful as you're navigating this for your own business. Thanks for listening, Jonathan. Thank you for yeah, of course. letting me hit record. <laughs> Enjoy. All right. Thanks, everyone. Hey, thanks for listening to Process Makes Perfect. If you're listening on your earbuds, on a run, in the car, we also have a version on YouTube. So if you wanna see this in color video with me interviewing all these great guests, check it out on YouTube. Just search Chris Ronzio and you'll find my channel on there. If you found this helpful, we'd love for you to leave a review or rate the podcast. If you found the information valuable, please share it with a friend, a family member, or anyone else you think could benefit from the information. Remember to connect with me at Chris Ronzio on all social media platforms or the company at Trainual. That's train U-A-L, like a training manual, everywhere that you want to follow us. Thanks again for watching or listening, and we hope to see you next time.